It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawksmith. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point. But they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Husker, more like Corn Sucker. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis located in a Nebraska desert. It is that special time of year again when we get to talk to the team behind the team, the Iowa football equipment managers. You guys have really developed a name. People talk about you guys a lot. Greg talks about you guys as the best team and really promotes you guys and showcases you and the Hawkeye fans eat it up. So welcome to the podcast, guys. We're super excited to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. So Matt and Jake, tell us a little bit about where you guys are from, uh, your path to the University of Iowa, and how you became a football manager. We can we can start with Jake, and then we'll go to Matt. Sure. So I'm from Peoria, Illinois. Um, big Iowa family, though. Both my parents went here, graduated in 94, 95. Um, I got some family from Cedar Rapids as well. So um, while I had a couple different options coming into college, I landed on Iowa pretty quickly. I had a, a cousin I'm very close with here at the time. Um, and so that's kind of how I got here. I would say I spent my couple, my first couple years um, maybe enjoying uh, college too much and I didn't have a whole lot of direction um, professionally or academically. So yeah. um, it took me a little bit to get started. But uh, at the beginning of my junior year, I started volunteering with um, our assistant director of football operations, Ben Hansen in Hawkeye Legacy, which is our alumni, yeah. um, alumni engagement group, more or less. Um, and so I spent a year doing that. Um, and then COVID actually took me from in the building to back on the couch again. Uh, mm. We didn't have anyone off of payroll, basically no volunteers in during COVID. Um, so then that was my senior year. And I had kind of had to make a decision what I if I wanted to keep keep working or keep trying to work with Iowa football or move on. So I ended up applying to grad school um, in our sport and rec management area, um, getting into that and then being fortunate enough to be added on as a manager for um, the spring of my senior year. And then up until this is going to be my last, last semester here. So it was a uh, four semesters here as a manager, but I got a little bit of a late start. So that's awesome. It definitely very much seems like it's the coolest job you could ever have, especially for a guy that's a football fan. You know, you're getting to be behind the scenes and help prepare your favorite football program to take the field. It's got to be a really fulfilling feeling. Um, go ahead and tell us about yourself, Matt. 
a little bit about your background, where you're from, and what brought you to Iowa. Yeah, so uh, I'm Matt Condon, uh, and I'm from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, both my parents met at the University of Iowa, uh, and I went, and just living about a half hour up the road. Growing up, I was always pretty close to the university, going to football games, basketball games. Um, so when it was time in high school to start applying for colleges, you know, Iowa was always at the top of the list. Applied to some other schools just because – I went through that phase where I wanted, thought I wanted to leave the state, but uh, in, 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 uh, in the end, I had decided to come here. Obviously, great decision. Um, and then how I got hooked up with this job. Um, so it was my first semester, and we it was kind of one of those like meet the professors thing where mm-hmm. you try to acclimate the freshman to like the university. And I was talking to uh, Dan Matheson, who is the director of the sport and rec management program here. Um, and he, he kind of asked what I was interested in. I mentioned, you know, I'm not really sure, but I'd love to work in football. Like I love football growing up and like, I'd something I could see myself doing after college. And he gave me the uh, phone number of the, of the head manager at the time. Uh, so I was able to text him and kind of had a little, little line of communication going. Uh, and then he kind of got me, he pointed me in the right direction for who to talk to. So I could, you know, get in the process to try to get this job. And uh, I ended up applying. I was lucky enough to get it. And then so I started my sophomore year. Uh, then I went sophomore, junior, senior year, graduated. And then uh, similar to Jake, I'm also in grad school in my last semester. So I, I stuck around a little longer. Uh, and then I graduate in December and then uh, off to the real world. I have to find a real, have to find a, a real person job. So. All right. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you guys want to do after this? Cause I mean, there's not much else out there that's going to be, you know, give or take a few things as fun as what you're doing now. Like what are the goals after this? So I would say for myself, I want to work in football operations similar to uh, my bosses, uh, Ben and Paul. Um, The only downside to um, working in something like that is that we, I will go from a 12 person uh, group to basically one or two people, which is Uh um, just the reality of moving on from a student to a full-time position um, but I'm excited for it. I've been spending the last couple of years trying to shadow those two and trying to learn how to, how to do things. So when the time comes, uh, this year, I will be, um, in a position to, to head somewhere and, and start continuing my career in football that way. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm, I'm currently having this, this, uh, internal struggle kind of between what Jake wants to do, like, uh, sticking in football. Cause I, I do truly love it. Yeah. Um, and then getting something outside, you know, maybe sport adjacent, maybe not working for a team exactly. Uh, have a little more free time, have a little more, a little more flexibility. Um, but, you know, I, I still got a couple months to think about it. So I'm kind of kind of straddling those two thoughts right now. Yeah, it, you know, it's tough. And, you know, one, it's, it's tough to make a decision like that in life. I mean, I know a lot of guys that are in their 40s that still don't know what, what they want to do when they grow up. It's such a hard thing to figure out. So you guys have your head screwed on straight, though. And, you know, you just think about it, talk to your family about it. you guys will figure it out. And the, the really cool part, we love what, what Greg's doing, Greg, Greg Morris really helping showcase you guys because all of the, the hard, thankless work that you guys put in behind the scenes to get the team ready is so important. And the fans are really getting a little bit of glimpse in that. And that's why we love having you guys on the podcast every year to talk about things that have changed to showcase you guys and all the hard work that you guys put in. Cause us as fans, we do appreciate it. Those guys can't just take the field. They need a team behind them, getting them ready, getting them prepped so they can focus on their job. And that's really where you guys come in, which is, you know, I don't think anybody could thank you guys enough, but 
you know, we all meet people in our life who have a brighter light than other people and they just can't be dimmed. There's a, a man in that program by the name of Max that a lot of people have become big fans of. He's just charismatic and such a likable dude. Now, tell us about what it's like to work with him. He's been tied close to the football program for a long time. He's really close with Greg. We had him on for a brief moment last year. He got shy and kind of took off a little bit, but love the guy. Tell us about working with Max. Max definitely brings uh, a sort of energy that it's tough to find anywhere else. Uh, doesn't really matter what you're doing. You could be walking down the hall and he'll just yell at you for no reason or whatever it may be, but he's always he's always up to something. He's always keeping us on our toes. So it's always, it's good to have him around. It's I always say it's the people that make the place. You know, you can have the brick and mortar and all the stuff that's like you know unbelievable building, but it's guys like him that make it a, a different and a special place to work. So it's cool having people like that because you look forward to going to see guys with great personalities like Max when you go into work every day. It just makes work fun and more interesting. Um so Greg Morris, okay, Greg's a great guy. He's known really well through the Iowa fans. He just is very approachable and connects really well with the fans, and the fans really appreciate how willing he is to interact with them. Now, Greg has done a great job of really promoting you guys and talking about you and, and touting you as the best crew, best crew in the land. Tell us what that means. Like, what makes you guys the best crew in the land? What makes you better than all the Division One college football managers? Got to brag a little bit here. So here, here's something that maybe, and we can't speak for every group of managers, but we, a lot of managers just do work in equipment. And I think part of what makes us a little versatile is that we do work in equipment and operations and not as much in the weight staff, but we end up helping them. I feel like we answer to a lot of different people in the building, um, which makes us kind of a, a versatile group that gets a lot of different experiences. Um, which is awesome. And then I think part of the best crew title is tough because now we have to make sure we're not screwing the little <laughs> things up and taking that for granted, but it's cool. Like obviously everyone likes to be complimented and, and I think we're a reflection of our leadership in a lot of yeah. ways. Uh, so it's nice to have people who have been working under coach Ference and in a very stable uh good work environment for so long and it really helps us to to look to them and to you know more or less know that they're doing their job and what they tell us to do is you know it's just how it's been and it'll, it's what works so that's that's how we do things yeah so yeah, definitely all, all the way to the top here like like whether it's coach ference or greg or whatever department it is they kind of set the standard and like we don't want to deviate off that so we kind of we, we bust our butts to be sure like that all our work's taken care of. Like, like we're all good yeah. to go uh, just because we don't want to disappoint anyone in the building. And uh, Greg always loves to say that equipment managers across the country always call him and tell him how upset they are that he kind of coined best crew in the land for us. Uh, Cause a, a lot of them wish they had something like that, but he was first to it. So props to Greg. Hey, that's good. That goes to our program. You come up with something else on your own. I, I love the psychology of it too, because it's like he, it's maybe a little Hayden Fry-esque because Greg worked with Hayden for quite a while. And, and you know, Greg, maybe you slipped that in there too, because it's like you're setting the bar high. And so these guys got to live up to it. And like you said also too, when you have great leadership and consistent leadership, it makes the people, the, the whole team want to work harder to live up to that standard. And you come in more focused every single day. It just adds to the overall culture of, of the environment. 
Now, there's going to be a lot that goes into this. So, you know, you guys kind of dig deep here. Walk us through the best you can for everybody listening or watching here on the YouTube channel, what the thought process is going into a game week. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, maybe start out with home and then I know away is a little bit different because you got to pack everything up to go. Uh, walk us through that process, what your mindset is going into the week, coming off a of game Saturday, you go into Sunday, then you got to immediately shift your focus and prepare for that upcoming opponent. Now, what are some of the steps you guys take to make sure that team's prepared? Yeah. So starting with Sunday. So the day after our games, we usually have a couple jobs we have to do. Uh, one of the jobs that we do is we focus on the helmets. Uh, we're the ones that decal all the helmets on that, that are worn on the field. So, and if, if a player wears it and like the tiger Hawk or the stripe down the middle gets dinged up at all, we're in there Sunday, you know, scrubbing it, peeling that stripe, replacing it and just being sure like when we leave Sunday, each helmet is good to go for the next game week. Um, and that can take four or five hours sometimes. So mm. it, it, it just depends on the game and how much those get dinged up. Um, and in, in addition to that, we, uh, we, we just obviously with game do it to move some stuff around. So we just got to be sure everything's like put in its place. So when we leave Sunday, we can go into the practice week without worrying okay. about last week or the next game. We just focus on practice. So that, that's kind of what brings us through Sunday. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then going into the game week. It's just being sure that like the coaches can coach, the players can play and like we take care of everything in between because the last thing you need is a coach wondering where something is when he's trying to, you know, set up this drill that because because the team we play next Saturday is like they drill, they they drill one thing and they want to like work against it. So we kind of help speed up that process, be sure we're efficient and practices go smoothly. Okay. I got to tell you, you guys do a great job on the helmets, man. Those things look immaculate every time they take the field. So I know you got to sit back and take pride in that because when you see that in person and like on TV, they look pristine. So you guys really do do a good job. And the fans notice too. They're like, man, they look, so I've heard some fans say, do they get brand new helmets all the time? Cause they look so dang good, but we see you guys polishing them, you know, re-decaling them. So uh, that is very cool. Jake, did you have anything that you wanted to add to that process? Yeah, sure. So on Sunday, we actually, we split up. So I, I'm with three other people that kind of move around our, like our sideline stuff or our locker room stuff um, from Kinnick back to here, or kind of depends on where we're moving. So I'm not directly involved with the helmets, but what I will say about that is it's funny because uh, like an error on the helmets or like a sticker in the wrong spot, that'll probably find its way to TV. At least, like, kind of, like, on Twitter, you'll see, like, mistakes that are made on, like, the uniform or whatnot. Um, And so I got to imagine that's probably in the back of our minds as we're doing that. It's just, like, as long as it's up to our standard, like, we're not going to get – because a mistake that we make is a lot more noticeable than something we do correctly. So it's really about being not noticed um, more so than it is, like, like basically a good job is not noticeable, and that's how we prefer to – to handle our business but as we go into practice week the the grind is monday through wednesday at least um like in my experience once we hit thursday and we are like for today like we didn't have practice but our job was to basically get everything we needed for the equipment truck the semi and load it up um get that ready and we sent that off at uh 12 30 ish today um and then tomorrow we'll go into walkthrough we'll do all the the loading the buses the uh um Actually, I can show you 
little thing here quick. We will send five buses to the airport. So we'll give all the bus okay. drivers uh, hats, food, cool. like a bus list, stuff like that. Nice. Um, but that part almost, once you, once you get into a repetition doing that, that part's pretty easy. And then it's just trying to get through the, uh, the 19 degree practices that we had this week only to have a 65 degree day today, uh, where we weren't actually outside. So it's different, but it's, I kind of split the week up into practice and travel almost like it's kind of easy to compartmentalize and, and focus on different things throughout the week. Okay. So do you guys utilize the indoor practice facility if it gets cold like that? Or are the coaches like, let's get them out there in the elements and get them used to it. Typically, if we're if we're playing outside or practicing outside, uh, obviously, obviously, there's some exceptions. But for the most part, that, that's how the coaches like it here, um, which just it, which kind of was frustrating for us this week, because it was like Jake said, it was 20 degrees out there when we're getting out there for practice. And we checked the forecast for Columbus and it's supposed to be in the, the 60s or 70s. But that's what coach wants to do it. And it's going to be cold eventually when we play. So we got to get used to it. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I mean, that's part of living in Iowa. It's just like, if you don't like the weather, wait a couple of days. It's especially yeah. like this week. It's like one day it's 20 and it's going to be up to 70. It's like, you're going to experience all four seasons within one week. Yeah. That, I mean, it's that, it's that time of the year. Uh, you guys are eventually going to get annoyed with this if you're not already. Cause I'm sure people ask you guys this all the time on campus. All your friends are bugging you all the time. And I'm sure if you do know anything, there's limited information you can give us. And that's totally cool. Everyone always wants to know when the new cool alternate uniform is going to come out. And I got bugged by multiple people. Can you please ask these guys this, ask them, ask them, ask them, is there anything cool coming down the pipeline? And so I promised I would. So guys, is there, have you heard any buzz or anything at all of anything potential this season or next? Yeah. Uh, currently uh, we have not heard anything about that. Just standard uniforms so far. Uh, but sometimes Greg likes to keep that close to the vest. So yeah. if he, if he knows something, we don't know anything. Okay. I see. And that's what I thought too. And you know what, even if you guys do know something, that's the few people that I did talk to, I'm like, they can't tell us. They got to <laughs> keep that down on the download. Cause then you release that hype video and people yeah. lose their minds. Like for the all golds, like those were, that was the sickest hype video I've ever seen. Like I'm like a freaking late guy in his late thirties about ready to flip a table after I see that thing. It was the coolest thing ever. I got so excited for that. So um, I was lucky enough too. I don't know if you guys remember the black alternates we wore. I want to say it was in 15, 2015 against Minnesota, the all blacks with the gold. I was able to get one of those. So I was pretty excited about that. So awesome. I got one of the old lockers behind me too. So from the old practice <laughs> locker room. So keep those in there. Um, I'd be curious to see, because now that we talk about 15, I know we had one in 17 for Ohio State. 19 was the goals, and then last year we had, like, all blacks. I wonder if we're doing, like, a even year, odd year kind of thing. But we don't even know the schedule for 2023 because of the, the shakeup that's happening in the Big Ten right now. So I, I'd be curious, too, obviously, from the yeah. – from the set from uh, away from Iowa next year, it'll it'll be a nice surprise if we bust something out like that. But did you guys hear for sure? Is it official? Are they getting rid of the divisions and going to like? Is that how that's going to work, or did they not announce that for sure yet? I I don't think they've said anything yet. Uh, I think that's where they were trending, but I don't know if they made anything official. Okay, like, I guess it would make sense if they're eventually just going to slot USC and UCLA into into yeah. conference and may as well kind of set set the uh, format up a year ahead of time, I guess. 
what you know now that we talk, hit that what was your guys's feeling and kind of the feeling around the program when UCLA and USC got added was there excitement did it, or, or did like nobody really care about that was there any hype what, what what was the feeling around campus kind of the vibe i got was like the big 10 like needed to do that based on what the SEC was doing but at yeah. the same time it still doesn't feel right it still doesn't mm-hmm. feel like we should be going to california to play a big 10 conference game but uh, obviously, those are two like high-profile programs, so it, it, it'll be it, it'll be some fun trips out there for the fans and the players when we do eventually go. But it yeah. was it felt weird, but needed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know it's kind of the SEC and the Big Ten. It was like you know you're essentially like if it's two major corporations trying to compete against each other, you got to make a move or you're going to get left in the dust. So it totally made yeah. sense. Um, uh, that, uh, we got two new managers starting in their first year this year, uh, Wes and Elio, who are from more or less California and, and San Diego. So, um, cool. so that'll be cool for them to get to maybe travel out there when the time comes. I more or less like it, but I know Greg was not not a fan at all. Um, very much like don't even talk to him about it. He was not very happy. Just well, that's from, more. Uh, point but yeah that's more work for him and for you guys like to go all the way out there so like i totally get that like that's a long business trip for him to be you know be away from your family even longer so i totally get that um you know when it comes to the locker room this you know throwing questions on the fly so you got to think of this one fairly quick who name a couple guys in the locker room that are just charismatic that when they walk in the place lights up, you know, you know, there's guys on the teams when they walk on the team, when they walk in and they're jokesters and they're laughing and they get people around, you know, going around them. Who are some guys that you just, that are infectious personalities that you love to be around in the locker room? So I can give a couple just off the top of my head. Logan Lee's a pleasure to be around. Uh, Great guy. Deontay Craig brings a lot of energy. He jokes around with us quite a bit. He's a good guy. Um, someone who the Hawk fans don't know that well yet, um, but will in, in time. Justice Sullivan is hilarious. Justice, he's, I I remember him being recruited. Yeah, he, yeah, he's funny. He's a he's a good time. So those are kind of the three that pop into my head. But obviously, we we work with uh, Jack Plum's brother. So okay. um, Jack Plum and everyone that he lives with, uh, Benson Clemp and Potabom, we know them very well at this point too. They're all great guys. Cool. Um, it's really just our, our big interact, our big social interaction with these guys actually comes at like lunch and dinner and, okay. and it's like that. So those, those are the names that pop into my head. Yeah. I know Matt works with linebackers, so he probably knows. Yeah. A couple, yeah. From the defense, a couple guys I would throw out, uh, Kayvon Merriweather. I know okay. he's, I, 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 I know the media kind of gets, I has kind of seen his personality a little bit and he's, He's he's just a good dude. Always has a lot of energy, so he's always fun to be around. Uh, back on offense, uh, Sam Laporta is a is just a he's, he's the same way. He always has a lot of energy. He's always laughing, making jokes. So he's a really good dude. And then a couple of guys that aren't on the team anymore, but were some of my favorite of all time are the Paulson twins, Levi and oh, Landon. Yeah. Those guys are those guys are hilarious. They they're just it, it's tough to describe them just because they're. They're just a little different from from where they're from, and they with yeah. the long hair and the the beards, and they, they were they were great guys. We had them on the podcast last year, and they they did a fan event for us as well. Talk about the most down to earth 
good guys you'll ever meet. I mean, they they're they're telling stories about how their parents made them write thank you notes when they got gifts or things done for them, and they're just genuine people. Like they make eye contact with you, and it it's awesome. And that's the one of the greatest parts about being able to with doing this podcast is like, um dang near maybe every single guy we've interviewed has been just a great person they're all just quality human beings and that's a testament to you know the leadership there the type of people that are being brought in because those guys every single one we meet with even on the basketball side of things and wrestling just quality humans so that side of it too makes even more proud to be a hawkeye when that type of people are you know walk walking the halls there and going through that university so we talked about this briefly before we hopped on you guys have to have some of the greatest stories in the history of mankind from some ridiculous stuff that's happened when you guys are on the clock, when you're working or even when you're off the clock and things happen. And if you got to, you know, water it down and G rate it a little bit, I totally get that uh, just to, to save face. But what are some crazy stories or something hilarious that when you guys look back from 10 years from now and you're sitting in your office job working away and it pops in your head and you're like, God, I can't believe that happened. That was hilarious. What are like one or two things that you can, can think of? You, you, you want to go first? Sure. I can go. Um, so there's always, and I'm sure we'll, we can die. We can dip into a, uh, DC story from last year. Um, the one that pops into my head right now is more or less of a, uh, a beef we now have with, uh, with Michigan and, Without getting into too many details there, we had issues with their managers or GAs last year at the Big Ten Championship. And from the second they got off their team bus at Kinnick Stadium on Friday, that restarted like that. Um, really? And it was a lot of uh, a lot of bad blood and, and confrontation between the two on Friday as we're setting up the locker room and they're setting up the locker room, which is never which is unheard of, at least in my experience um and it leaked over into the game more or less um and so there was almost like a game within the game between the two of us and okay. it leaves a leaves a bitter bitter taste in my mouth certainly but but it's all part of the uh you know like we're all competitive in our own way and it just it was an interesting interesting game for us um even while the game was going on there was just a lot that was going on um, so that, that pops in my head in a, maybe more of a negative story, but there, we got some positive ones as well. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like, you know, maybe we need to have a flag football game with those guys. If we need to get that beef out of the way, let's it do was, it. Let's yes, for sure. What was that? It was discussed last year actually, but we had a, uh, a legacy alumni event that okay. three or four of us work. So we, we decided to put the Michigan toolbox <laughs> version of the game on the shelf for now, but okay. All right. I'm sure. I can tell you from a fan perspective, no relation to what you guys talked about. There's an arrogance there, and it's it's a little bit different. They think they're on another level. They are the all-time winningest program in college football history. I'll give them that. Okay, but you know, you had you had some lean years there for quite a while. So you know, humble up a little bit. So, um, Matt, did you have anything that you wanted to throw into that? Yeah, so uh, Jake kind of mentioned Washington, D.C. there for a sec. Uh, so last year when we went to go play Maryland, their campus uh, is obviously in Maryland, but it's like very, right across from the border to D.C. Um, so that game was on a Friday night. So we decided Friday morning we were going to get up really early uh, and take the train down to D.C., you know, walk around, see the White House, see the Washington Monument, 
uh, just kind of soak in the history just because a lot of us have never been there before. Um, so one kid overslept a little bit. Uh, so he kind of, so he, we were getting ready to like walk to the train station and he like kind of runs out behind us, you know, he kind of, kind of hair sideways. And like he, you could tell he like just woke up uh, and his, we found out later that his phone did not charge overnight, oh. um, w- w- which will come into the story later. So we, uh, we, we all, all 12 of us walked to the train. We go, we take it super easy. We get off near the national mall. So a couple of us are like, oh, well, we're going to go this way. And a couple of us are, oh, we're going to go this way. Uh, just we said to split up a little bit. But, you know, we kind of said, like, stay in groups. Like, it, it's a bigger city. You know, none of us have really been here before. Yeah. Uh, but the kid with the dead phone, he really wanted to go see the White House right away. And we're like, oh, no, like, we'll make a loop. Like, we'll see it. And he was just, he was just, it, he needed to go see it right then. So he decided to go that way. Everyone else kind of went another way. And we so we like when we was time like we said that we're gonna meet back at this train station at whatever time and he wasn't there and like we were worried and we took the train back and we're you know we're trying to call him but obviously he's not answering because his phone's dead yeah and eventually like we had to be ready in like a half hour to like to eat and then go to the stadium for the game that night and he's still not back and we're just like where is this kid and uh his roommate sends a video from they're from their hotel room like out the window and it just it's just him walking by himself towards the hotel and it was like the biggest sigh of relief for all of us oh man that, that we didn't lose someone so oh. uh, coach how's it going what i'm just on a call yeah. Yeah. yeah hey coach <laughs> who was that uh oh, that's coach parker Coach Parker. Okay. I couldn't tell from the back. So awesome. All right, guys. I, I wanted to ask you too, going through this, when you've been in the locker room, occasionally, you know, they'll have a, a, a team captain uh, for that week for that game and bring back a former player. What's maybe one or two guys that have come back during your tenure there that you're a little starstruck. You're like, Oh my God, it's rookie Stanzi. It's Adrian Claiborne. Or, you know, it's a guy that you're like, wow, like I, I'm really honored to really meet this guy. Does anybody pop into your mind? Uh, you, you, you mentioned the name. It was definitely Ricky Stanzi for me. Um, you know, he's he was such a, he's such a good dude. He's yeah. such a good dude. Cause he was the quarterback. It was like 2008, 2009. Yep. So I was, I was 10 years old. That's kind of when I started really sitting down with like my dad and watching Iowa football and like seeing like the orange bowl team and like that era like of success and like seeing like the figurehead of that, like from a player standpoint, and like, obviously I've been around, you know, Tristan Wirfs and a couple other like NFL players. So it's like, like, I'm not used to it, but it's like, I think I can handle myself. But yeah. then I guess I saw Ricky Stanzi and I'm like, that's, that's the guy that got me into Hawkeye football. Yeah. So that, that one was, that, that one was big for me. He was so cool. Like we had him on the podcast and I'm like, you couldn't have been a nicer guy. Like he was yeah. so great to talk to and so gracious. Again, another guy that it's like, Man, we're we're lucky to be Hawkeyes. Guys like this play for our program. He's none of that success has gone to his head even one percent. He's just a down to earth yeah. great guy. What about you, Jake? Uh, I would say uh, game one uh, we had Dallas Clark this year. That's a good um, one. And he spent some time with us this summer um, in here and there at practice. Uh, and obviously, he was a tight end. Works with the tight ends, which is where I happen to be at the moment too. So I got to know him a little bit over the summer and it was just cool to um, detach 
the you know future Hall of Fame Colts tight end uh, Dallas Clark from just his kids are around a lot too like so just kind of seeing him outside of a you know still in football but outside of you know being a player uh, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. He's and he was uh, the reunion weekend, so he he's been okay. around quite a bit this year. Another one of those guys. I met him. I ran into him at the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis, and just the nicest guy ever. You know, you could sit there and he'll sit there and talk to you for 10 minutes. Just a really good guy. So those were both really, really good, good choices. All right, guys. Some serious stuff we need to talk about here. It's the Rusty Toolbox game against the Wisconsin managers. Now, you don't like them. They don't like you. And that I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Hawkeye fans pay attention to the outcome of that game. We feel like it's like good mojo and good energy going into the game that week. We feel way better about that game. If you guys win that game. And I'm not just saying that because we're on here. We all talk about that. We pay attention to it. So first I want to talk about that. And then after we talk about it, I want you guys to tell me if anyone's allowed to even go watch it or if that's a closed door session. So tell us about the preparation behind that and what that rivalry means and the work that goes into that game. Cause you guys do a lot of work to prepare for that. Yeah. So uh, just a little background on the toolbox. It is a, it's an eight on eight flag football game that we play on the Friday night prior to when the teams play on Saturday. Uh, the offense consists, it's a uh, three linemen, four receivers and a quarterback. So uh, there, there's still a little, little bit of line play involved, uh, but it's, it's kind of seven on seven with pass rush basically. Um, and then one thing I, I found really cool when I started working here is uh, the physical toolbox that we play for is older than like the Heartland trophy that the teams play for, wow. even though the rivalry is shorter, like the toolbox itself has been played for for longer. So I, I always think that's a fun fun little detail um but yeah we've been preparing for a little bit now and uh yeah we feel like we're getting ready to roll so we this year we have actually been bringing in uh intramural teams uh, oh cool yeah, really gone on so early on i found the teams that won slash did well last year um and now they're the intramural season's actually wrapping up now um, so we're actually a team that's going to play for the championship on Sunday is coming in tonight, uh, to scrimmage with us and cool. Hour and a half we'll play. Well, we've been doing, we've been doing Thursdays. Um, but it's tough cause you try to simulate the, the line as well. So actually, uh, Nolan Davis, who was our past head manager, Brandon Beery, who was the one before him. Okay. Uh, and then a guy that we call big man comes in, they play line against us and we, we really try and simulate, a a real game. Um, and so I think our preparation has been good, even over the top, you could say for a game like this, but we got one game. So we figured we may as well go win, go win the game. We always check to see like who won, you know, like that Friday before that game was like, okay, how, how did that game end up? So I, I really don't know if, if fans want to come watch that, are they, are they even allowed to, or do you have to stay out? Yeah. So we're actually, <laughs> which is part of the reason we're, we're on here now. We're actually trying to promote this thing a little bit uh, okay. for the fun of making it as big as we can. It's in our indoor practice facility and it's more or less open to whoever wants to come watch. Awesome. Um, so when the time comes, I'm sure we'll, we'll use some kind of social media to push, push that out. Um, but it is just going to take place right here in the practice building. And it's uh, going to be the night before the game. So the Friday night, November 11th, and we're working on getting refs and all that still, but we're going to shoot for seven thirty. So it, it shouldn't be a okay. 
we had to play um, at 9.30 at their place last year. Wow. Uh, so our goal this year is to, to play at a more reasonable time and uh, perhaps do something afterwards should the should okay. the result be something we want. Yeah, there you go. I like it. You got to celebrate a good victory. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys need any help, any extra help getting the, getting the word out, let us know. We'll share it out and, and give it out to all the other Hawkeye groups and make sure that everyone's aware of it because we want you guys to have as much support as possible for that one. I am going to try to come. Um, I'm going to the Wisconsin game, so I'm, I'm going to come watch you guys play and bring the family and it will be there to support you guys. So I'm excited that it's going to be there and going to be indoors. Cause I was telling my wife about it. She's like, we're going to freeze our tails off. <laughs> and I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know where they're having the game. So let me ask them first, but we're going to be there. So we're excited. So I'm going to be following it closely to make sure we get there in time to watch you guys play. So we're going to be loud. So when they're trying to snap the ball, is it okay if we're yelling from the sideline? The, uh, the louder, the better. Okay. All right. We'll try to pump the crowd up then and, and get as many people there as possible. I'm planning on being there. So, and some of the other guys from our podcast are going to be there too. So maybe we could do like a, if you guys win a post-game interview or something like that. So that would be awesome. I love that idea. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, Hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. We got a big game this week. Um, how's the buzz around the locker room? People jacked. Are they ready to go? You think, you know, are you, what's the vibe? Are we feeling good? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, definitely. They, obviously, Ohio State's a great team, so people are people are excited to you know uh, showcase themselves a little bit, showcase the team. So, yeah, everyone's everyone everyone's in good spirits. That's why you come to Iowa, you play the best yeah. and play with the best. I mean, that's why you're in the Big Ten. So, all right, guys, well, good luck this weekend. Get the guys fired up. We're going to be rooting for you really, really hard. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, right. I appreciate right. it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Go Hawks. Yep. Absolutely.